Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. That is right. We are back, the first podcast of the 2019 football preseason. It is myself and Maddie D previewing both the Pac-12 and Big 12 college football conferences. We go through every team. We go through the major storylines, some draft talk, Heisman talk, of course, college football playoff talk. It was a ton of fun to record. We cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Make sure to get in some questions. We're doing the ACC, Notre Dame, and the Group of Five. That's the non-Power Five conferences next week. So let us know what you want us to talk about along with our preview. You can shoot us a DM, ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, ThunderlogSports.com. Leave a comment on the show notes and enjoy this episode, guys. We are so excited for football to be back. And here we go. This first 2019 episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and joining me, as always, our draft king, my friend and yours, Mr. Matty D. What's up, buddy? This is the first football podcast twenty. Well, I guess yeah, I guess the 2020 season. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's pretty exciting. I mean, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I've been obviously diving into a lot of stuff, both college and pro football. Although I feel like because of training camp occurring right now, like pro football is kind of at everyone's everyone's mind, like forefront. You know, fantasy draft starting. So, right. So this is yeah, that first episode last night. This is pretty good. uh, I'm happy to switch gears up here a little bit and talk a little college football because it comes first and it matters right away. I mean, unlike yeah, every game matters in the NFL. Don't get me wrong, but man, there's some big, juicy matchups starting in, in week one and just a few weeks away. So I'm, I'm fired up to talk a little bit of college football with you tonight. Oh yeah, very excited to kick things off. For those who are newer to the podcast feed, we uh, we do our podcast or our college podcasts first. We do what we're going to do this year. We're going to do one a week. We're going to cover two conferences. This week we're doing the Pac-12 and Big 12. Next week, I think, we're going to do the ACC, Notre Dame, and the rest of uh, the college football FBS landscape. Then in the final week of the preseason, college preseason, we'll do the Big 10 and SEC, the big boys. And anywhere in between, we might try to – if you want to hear something, let us know. Tweet at us. Follow us. All that good stuff. If you did not hear all the the social media on the top, it's ThunderBLG on Twitter, ThunderBlog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website. But let us know what you want us to talk about because Matt and I are all ears and we love fan questions. But, yeah, Matt, Pac-12 and Big 12, the – of the Power Five, the two conferences that have been competing for the fourth spot two years ago, notwithstanding with the two SEC spots. But they've been – they've been the two that kind of go for the – that fourth spot. So they feel like a good pairing together. I don't know if I'm 
jumping ahead of the gun, but I feel like they're going to be the two that at the end of the year that that get a uh, one oh, might I, feel snubbed yeah, for I the would other. Certainly agree with that. Yeah. yeah, and we're going we're going a little west to east, if you will, starting yes. all the way across on the west coast. I do think though you can definitively place the Pac-12 right now, not necessarily the weakest conference because we'll talk about how other conferences are more top-heavy, but the most, and I hate to say this, because there are some big names, almost the most irrelevant conference, if you will, or, or the one with the least clout, um, seeing as they have not had a team, and, and they've struggled making, you know, having somebody separate themselves from the pack. Yeah, and that's... Uh, if you will. <laughs> I made a joke there, the pack, but yeah. Yeah, and I feel like they're a good starting point, because it is something, I feel like we're going to hear more of players rather than st- Teams as the storylines de- develop throughout the season. Obviously, a certain quarterback in Eugene, Oregon, is probably going to be the story as uh, within the next twelve over the next twelve months, including his NFL draft stock. But that's a really good. That's a really good point there because it's something where top heavy. It's great. One division is really good, and another. There's a lot of question marks surrounding it. A number of different previews I've read have had a one solidified or. A one A B C or one A B C D, a one and then a two A B C D E. There's a lot. There's a lot up in the air, and I think a lot of it has to do with there were some guys we thought were going to be really good last year, like a Khalil Tate out of Arizona that kind of fell flat on their face. So we don't know what's going to happen in, in this year, year two with Kyle Sumlin down there, and and I think it really is something where. With the Pac-12, especially, we just need we need football to start. We need games to see what exactly we're getting out on the field. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I and, and I also think it's somewhat of a strange. Uh, Ten years ago, if you looked at this conference, you might you might see the things completely flipped. Yes, if that makes sense. Ten I mean, years there's ago, just they were trying to get Texas and Oklahoma. Team. Remember that. No, I know, I know, yeah. and, and instead you've seen kind of a reversal. Yep. Um, if you will. Uh, but I do agree. I mean, the big name in the conference is playing in Oregon. Um, although they, there's a couple other names that may drive themselves to the top of the list. There's a couple bounce back candidates, a couple new faces, but it is all about the gunslinger in Oregon returning to school uh, somewhat unexpectedly, I think. Yeah. We talked about this a lot last year when we did the PAC 12 that we thought Justin Herbert was going to be, a, top, a potential top five pick, and he decided to come back to school. Kind of a weird year from Oregon last year, and you know, right now they're they come in not even ranked in the AP top twenty five, but a team that a lot of people think are probably going to win the conference. They go undefeated, especially playing Auburn week one. Quality opponents of the two Washington teams, and then the rest of the conference, obviously. But who knows how the South turns out because they have to go go to USC. They go down to Herm Edwards in in Arizona, and that's always a tough place to play. We saw what they did to Michigan State last year, and and I don't know. I mean, I feel, I feel like Oregon probably is where it starts, not necessarily where it ends, because Washington and Washington State, we'll, we'll talk about in a second, are going to be good. But I think Herbert, especially facing Auburn, a solid, solid team, and we're going to talk about them in a couple weeks, good defense, good offense, so their defense is going to get tested early. And I think that's probably going to be the main driving point of conversation, at least Pac-12-wise. And as a dark horse of will this be a team that, that comes out right in the fir- when we get those first polls at the end of October for the CFP, are they going to be a team that maybe is challenging for a top-four spot? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, and I, I would tell you this: they Oregon returns, I think, seventeen starters. Yeah, they're going to have a very good offensive line. Um, I want to note that as well. So, just That's interesting one thing too. Um, I noticed just researching the Pac-12: great offensive lines on a lot of these different squads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never mm-hmm. really something well, you the hear a lot about. Yeah, you hear more about their their quarterbacks, their wide receivers. But never really too much. Obviously, you hear Big Ten linemen. You hear SEC linemen. With the Pac-12, I feel like very underrated lineman conference. So I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, we, we drafted one. And, uh, yep. and uh, Andre Diller, the Eagles, did out of Washington State. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think to me, Oregon is – I think they're the, they're, the, they're the number one team because of some of the other teams in the conference needing to replace quite a bit. Um. But yeah, I mean, do we want to go top to bottom on this one, by the way? Yeah, I guess we might as well, and I should correct myself. Oregon's 13th, right. maybe top 25. I don't know why their Yahoo page didn't have their ranking. Um, I, I, say, I thought they were, I did think they were ranked. I was going to ask you there. Thought, they weren't on, yeah. for whatever reason, it wasn't on their page. But they are behind Washington. Washington's yeah. 12. I probably have them number two. I feel like whoever wins that game, which is probably, it's a mid-October yeah. game, probably the de facto Pac-12 championship. I like Washington State yeah. a lot, but you hit the nail on the head of replacing a lot with that team. So I just don't – I want to see what they look like coming into the season and, and really where they're where they're at, to you know put it put it simply enough, of, of against bigger names in the conference. They're not playing anybody huge until later. They play Oregon the week after, they, after the Ducks play Washington, then obviously the Apple Cup on the day after Thanksgiving. So – I mean, if Washington's hanging around, maybe or Washington State rather, maybe they're they're hanging out there. But I think Oregon one, Washington two, Washington State three, and then the bottom half of that North Division is probably a little more of a toss up, I would think. Cool. So again, the reason they're ranked ahead of Oregon in the AP poll, I think, is because of the positive vibes around Chris Peterson. It's some it's a respect factor for him. He's a great head coach. He's really yeah. done a great job with that program program over the last five years, and. If their defense can rebound, and if Jacob Easton, the Georgia five-star quarterback transfer, if he can, he's probably got a higher ceiling than than the graduating senior Jake Browning, who's a fine college quarterback. But Easton probably gives them a higher offensive ceiling. Uh, so if that defense can rebound, they they still have plenty of talent offensively, and they have great recruits coming in defensively. Washington's going to be right there with Oregon. Um, it's more of we just don't know because there's so many question marks on a roster that had to be completely rebuilt from last year. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. And returning to their team is offensive tackle Trey Adams, who's missed a lot of games due to a torn ACL. And he was on that Rose Bowl team a couple years ago. And it'll be really interesting, like you said. A lot of different question marks coming in. If they really get it going and, and they pull out the W, they're, you know, they have to go to Oregon. Or, uh, or Washington State doesn't still have them up. Washington has to – they host Oregon on October 19th, and I think that's going to be a really interesting game because whoever wins obviously puts themselves into into the driver's seat in the conference. Then Washington, you know, they, they could reinvent themselves here and, and really put themselves in a good spot coming through. And then Washington State, I think – at number three has has a lot of different question marks, and I know we're probably going to jump into them in a second. But I think if those question marks and and a lot of the high potential is lived up to, I think they could they could challenge Washington for number two. But if they do, I think Oregon then runs away with the with the Pac twelve. 
Oh, yeah, no, certainly, certainly. I, I will say, I mean, before we jump to Washington State, I do want to mention to me my third team in terms of like a tier one. Okay. Has to be one of the most overlooked programs maybe in college football, and that's that's Utah. Yeah, oh, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, I was doing the North. Yeah, that's, why the, I was, that's why I wasn't talking about Oh, excuse me. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. I apologize. I missed that. Let's, let, no, let's, no, we'll stick to the North. We'll stick yeah. to the North. No, Utah, yeah, I, mean, I agree, you got to jump Utah. into Washington State. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to miss them. I don't want to miss them. So, <laughs> no, I mean, no, Washington it's like, State, it's a good though. Point. Um, yeah, yeah. Great year last year, but they do lose. Uh, Gardner Minshew, one of the best mustaches in college football. Yes. Um, they, and, right, right after they had just lost Luke Falk, by the way, there, there was a quarterback two years ago who's quite good. It's going to be interesting to see. They bring in Eastern Washington grad transfer – Gage uh, Gubrud, who actually had a, quite the career so far, Eastern Washington, All-American. Uh, he was a finalist for the Walter Payton Award, which is the FCS Heisman Trophy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of expecting him to step in right away. So we'll see uh, We'll see if they can make any noise. I mean, it, it, they don't have a particularly difficult schedule out, out of conference, which will hurt them maybe in the end. But early on, it'll give them some, you know, a good run to start most likely. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest problem with the the Pac-12 does what the SEC had been doing forever and does in in November still. They schedule all these random, you know, Pacific Northwest FCS schools and they do it early. So you never really have an idea of where they're at and I feel like that hurts them in the long term. Obviously, we get Oregon Auburn week 1, so we get a little bit little little bit of action there, but there's always the game against Portland or Eastern Washington or or somebody out there. So I feel like that's always something that, that plagues the Pac-12 because at the end of the season, they're all playing each other and beating each other up, and that's something that you always – I'm not a huge fan of it, but you were always a fan of it when, when Alabama beats up the Citadel 70 to nothing the week before the Iron Bowl so that their, right. you know, their offense is still clicking. <laughs> but in the Pac-12, they have they yeah. always end up seeing biting themselves in the ass in that, in that regard. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's their biggest problem, though, is even if they're able to, like they did last year, we saw the problem, even though they end up losing anyway, but when they were in the discussion to maybe make a playoff spot, everyone was like, wait a second, they didn't play anybody. And that, yeah. that, that does mean, I mean, people are taking stock of that more and more. Um, it's it's getting more like college basketball. Yep. So I think for Washington State, they're going to have to blow some people out. By the way, I'm not sleeping on a Houston game. Dana Holgrimson's there now. We'll talk about, well, they're not a big cons, but they're, they're a, a, a mid-major, if you will, Yes. Um, to not mess with. You don't want to necessarily play Houston. They're, they can be quite a program at times. They've got a great quarterback out there you should pay attention to as well. So pay attention to Houston. Um, could be interesting. Could kind of shut their talk down pretty early, though, I think. No, that's year. a really good point, actually. That's a good, good out-of-conference game to keep an eye out, out for. Um, number four in the north, who do you got for that? This is where things kind of get interesting, but I'm actually pretty high on this team, and i got to be honest, I think they even have a chance to finish ahead of, of Washington State, and that's Stanford. Yeah, I, I um, think it is too. Yeah. Tell you something, they're, they're going to be somewhat of a different identity to me this year because okay. they lose Bryce Love, who struggled last year anyway, but K.J. Costello comes back, might be the best quarterback they've had there since Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have to replace a good amount of starters, but I, I think you could see them kind of start to get hit their stride end of the year. Um, and, and they're just so well coached in David Shaw, who is might might be the best coach that no one can pry out of college right now, to be honest with you. That's a really Because um, I think there's a number of NFL teams that want to crack at him. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But I uh, I'm interested to see how they do this year. 
to be honest. I think they have one of the better divisions in the division, actually. I think there's their yeah. especially their secondary, I feel like is gonna be pretty solid. And I feel like that's that's a really good really good observation that they could probably that they have the potential to finish ahead of a couple teams because they might be able to stifle Washington State, especially if their quarterback situation isn't totally solidified by the time that they by the time those team do ah, those two teams face off i just think that that's a really good opportunity they have a really good opportunity to to pull that classic pac-12 upset that we always see in the middle of october yeah no absolutely absolutely and why i would tell you this too is they're, they're just they they tend to play teams tight yeah um because of their style of play the pro style offense they're conservative to an extent it has cost them sometimes, but but they they seem to be in a lot of games, so I would expect that to kind of continue as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, fourth, I, I think this is basically just pick the you know pick the favorite loser uh, between Cal and Oregon State. I'm going to go yeah. Cal and then Oregon State, but I feel like either could go. I like that either way. Yeah, and not to say that either yeah. team is going to be no, no. They, terrible. They they're they're going to have solid prospects coming right. out, but I just feel. I don't know. I just think right. I just think well, it's going to be Cal, Cal has a great yeah. They've got a great defense though. They do have a good defense. That's fair. I mean, I mean, this is the team. I mean, so to me, they were the, like the, they, they they were like a top fifteen defense in in football. Zero offensive ability, but a great defense. So they're going to win some games there again. Great secondary. Um, this Cal to me has an, a legit opportunity to be a bowl team this year. Okay. Um, they can't get much worse offensively, so if they can do something defensively, um, but once again, they, they did, I, and I, I do have to know they did actually happen to lose their top four receivers and top rushers. Top rusher, not that it was saying much, they didn't do very well, so they're going to have to figure something out there um, to be to be better. But they're going to win some games just because that defense is going to shut some people down. Um, so I, I, I do think they're head and shoulders to me. Above Oregon State, to be honest. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oregon State's not going to be very good. But let's move over to the they're, north they're... or the south, rather, because you had mentioned <laughs> Utah, and I do want to talk about that because yes. they are going to be fun to watch. And this is what this is a question I was going to ask you: Is it too soon to just pencil in Oregon, Utah, and keep the and write it pretty thick as a uh, Pac-12 championship game? I think it is too soon. Okay. Um, mostly because of I think Washington is going to have something to say about that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bounce back team. There's actually two teams in this in 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 the South who I actually think do something could surprise some people. Um, and that's Arizona and Colorado. Yes, bounce back for Arizona and Colorado. Start still kind of keep keep rising, if you will. Colorado so, has some really interesting prospects. They have a really great wide receiver who we'll talk about in a minute, but that's a really, really good call there on them. But I think the big thing for me with Utah is they're returning 15 starters, including their great running back, Zach Moss. They have been one of the steadiest programs over the last five years in college football, kind of flown, you know, flying under the radar. Um they're they're quite good. They walk. They've won nine games at least in four of the last five years. Wow. So um, wow. Yeah, I tell you, I just just I'm interested. I, I think they're a I think they're a, a pretty good team. Um, but I think, like I said, I think there's some other teams that could potentially surprise them down south. So I, I'm interested to see. Yeah. So who do you have for number two? Because that's actually a really good, really good transition to kind of <laughs> the rest of the division. Yeah. 
it's really hard. Number two to me, um, I'm kind of up and down. Um, I, I ended up going with Arizona. Okay. And, and I, I feel like they are just, you know, they're due for a huge bounce back. This team that came in with some pretty good hype last year with Khalil Tate, who's supposed to be a Heisman fi- you know, a finalist. Um, and he didn't do that great. <laughs> yeah, he had a he had a little bit of a disappointing year, to say the least. And it was something where we mentioned it a couple times. Yes. Arizona was supposed to be say this again? team that was that was supposed to be this huge flash in the pan. They were supposed to be all exciting, boom, 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 run, run and gun. Kevin Sumlin. We thought Khalil Tate was the you know could have been this Heisman finalist. We could have seen him all over the place, um, and it just wasn't there. There was a lot of inconsistency. He didn't really get the ball down the field. He threw through not that many interceptions, but they just couldn't really ever get it totally going. But I think now that they they have him, they have a nice backfield. I feel like they have a humongous running back in Grant Gannell, who is 6'5", 222, as well as a redshirt freshman, Jameer Joyner. I feel like they're going to be pretty solid in that backfield there. And then I think that they solidify it a little, a little more on uh, offensively on, in the receiver core. I feel like their offensive line is, is pretty good. I think Kevin Sumlin's really set themselves up there. Defensively, I feel like is a question mark for him, but I think that they can really get it going from there. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Well, there's another guy too, JJ Taylor. He's like this little five-six dynamo um, kind of running back slash receiver, one of those guys that really works well in college. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and this is a guy that actually someone's had some success with similar players when he was at Texas A&M. There's a guy that to me could also be this. They're going to have some serious offense, um, most likely. But their big concern is they have basically no pass rush. Um, and they have very little defensive assistance right now. So they, yes. they're going to either have to win in shootouts or see something surprising occur, uh, which is, again, I think why Utah has more balance, which is why I'm sticking kind of with that U- the Utah side of things. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Colorado. That was a team I almost wanted to go number two, but I do have Arizona as well. Colorado's got a lot of fun prospects to keep an eye out for. Uh, one in particular mm-hmm. is their wide receiver I mentioned, who a guy, guy named – LaVisca Chenault. Am I pronouncing that right, man? Close. I'm not Close. really great at it either, to yeah. be honest. But he... He's exciting. He's to good. give you guys an idea, at one point last year, he still finished the season averaging over 10 catches a game. He missed a couple games, but still. And at one point, he was averaging over 10 yards a catch as well, which is uh, pretty good. So this guy is nothing but consistency, and he can help move the ball down the field. Colorado, we've seen this the last couple of years. They've had some nice starts. They've had... They've had a good run, and they made the Pac-12 championship a couple years ago, and this could be, if they figure out a way to grind their way into a close game against Utah, I feel like it's something where they might be able to figure it out, but it's, I think it's a lot of different, I don't want to say a lot of different names, because there are going to be a lot of names that you're probably not going to hear until the Combine, but a lot of different guys who are going to be more of the focus that you'll see if you're a college football junkie, and then, you know, not not really be able to put it together. I don't know. I'm not really wording it the best way. Probably similar to what I think Colorado is going to do. But I don't know. I, th- I think they're a solid three because they're talented. It's a really good point, Jordy. And, and to your point, I mean, Colorado's got some, some prospects. Um, but this might be a small window for them right now because they're not a normal powerhouse 
group. I do say this. I, I think the next team is one that also intrigues, mostly because of their coach's name, and that's Arizona State and Herm Edwards. Um, had a pretty – thought we were going to get somewhat of a wild season last year. Really didn't, though, to me. I mean, you know, they were 7-6 uh, and six last year. Um, they have lost some talent, though. They lose uh, Nikhil Harry, the, the great – you know, the wide receiver who's now on the Patriots. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know where we're going to be with them. We'll see. They're kind of all over the map when it comes to them. Um, they could easily go seven and six again. Like I just, I just, I don't know. I feel like that's where that's where we're leading, leading to in this case. Um, do like their running back and No Benjamin. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, but just some of an interesting situation, I think, in, in Arizona State. Like where are they going to go from here? Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Is where where to go because they. And O Benjamin's going to be probably all you'll need to hear. Um, they're returning four of their five starters on the on the front on the front on the offensive line, so we'll know, we'll so we'll at least have that going for them. But defensively, I'm not really too sure what we'll see. They're a great home team. They're always they're always bound for a big upset, and they host mm-hmm. Oregon. We mentioned that's that. true. They, they host Washington State. They host Arizona, which could uh, could spell trouble for the Wildcats. Bid at a Pac-12 South title. That was Colorado. Uh, host yeah. USC, if USC's hanging around. We'll talk about them in a second. But, uh, All right. Yeah, I mean. They're going to have some great, by the way, they're going to have some great uniforms, too. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, they have you're some absolutely pretty snazzy right. uniforms in there. Oh, my ASU. God. Right. Who's, who's their sponsor? <laughs> they got some. I don't know. Um, hang on. I'd probably figure that out. Yeah, I'll probably figure it out. got to be. But also worth mentioning, they go to Adidas, week two, or week three, rather. They go to Michigan State. Obviously, they had the big upset last yeah. year. That's going to be fun to watch because it's probably going to be really hyped up on game day. It's a 4 o'clock game. It's on Fox. I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan State, we're talking about the Big Ten in two weeks. I think Michigan State's bound for a bounce back here, but it could uh, – Herm Herm likes to likes to play up. He plays to win the game. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I think good, good reference there. Good yes. reference there. Um, and by the way, you know what's amazing? We have talked about the Pac-12 South, and we have talked about four of the six teams that we haven't even mentioned. The two blue bloods of the entire conference, which yes. I find to be fascinating and also kind of apropos. I mean, USC and UCLA are – these are the, some of the biggest names in college football, They uh, and yet we are barely speaking of them. That's yes. how – rebuilding they see they appear to be if you will yeah it's um ucla i feel like could be a team that surprises a lot of people because it was supposed to be chip kelly's big homecoming to the pac-12 he returns an interesting crew to his team a lot of people have them sort of as this sneaky team to surprise people and i feel like that's as long as chip kelly is in college football i feel like he's always going to be on that until he has a top five preseason team um, USC though, I, I don't right. really know what to make of them because they're in this weird transition phase. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a down year for the Trojans. Kind of a weird thing to think about considering where they were two years ago, but not really a ton else to think about when, uh, when you think of the Trojans. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's gonna be interesting because, um, they, they do need to get some, some, some talent. UCLA needs to, I think UCLA's problem is, is lack of talent. Yes. While USC's problem seems to be more lack of um, coaching. Yes. I mean, right? We have it. That makes, uh, yeah. 
ironically, I think what UCLA brings to the table is, is some defensive talent, which you don't really think about in a Chip Kelly offense or a Chip, Chip Kelly team. And I fucked it up, which just shows what you think about when you think Chip Kelly. It's like Chip Kelly offense. Uh, yeah. But as I mean, we, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. There, it, it's also a young team though, which means next year might be a better year to see them really kind of explode. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson, their quarterback, is explosive. He's more of a Chip Kelly quarterback than William Spate was at the start of last year. Josh McKellar is a good running back, um, but again, very young, you know, very young team, yes. which is good when you're trying to figure it all out, try to build a roster, um, and, and try to, fi- you know. They, they they play Oklahoma week three, so, you know, uh, to be honest, if you look at their schedule, their only guaranteed win appears to be Oregon State. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> in fact, their win probabilities are pretty porous, to be quite honest. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying they're going to go one in, you know, uh, one in, one in, what is it, 13 or 12, but th- yeah. they're going to struggle against a lot of teams they start off at cincinnati that's going to be a t- tough game to start the year out with that feels like there's a lot a chip of work kelly to do team um, for ucla like a chip kelly opponent yeah, right i don't know why it's just uh, yeah but all right so let's wrap up the pac-12 quick and then we'll move over to the big 12 um so oregon utah you think that's uh that's the not you said it's too soon to pencil it in is that your pick though for the for the championship game uh, to be honest with you, uh, I know I, I actually think Washington will end up coming out of, of okay. the North. Just, I like it. That's, I'm, I'm going to. I there's just something about a uh, Chris Peterson team um, that you know, and I actually think Washington probably. I think Washington ends up winning the whole thing again, but I don't think they're a playoff team. Okay, yeah, I don't think a playoff team's coming out of here. I'm going to go with Oregon over Utah. I'd love to see Arizona. I'd love to see Colorado. I'd love to see Washington State. That'd be pretty cool. Um, who's your offensive player of the year? Um, pro- see, I want to say Herbert, but I, I don't really think that that's going to – I mean, honestly, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I, I actually like Khalil Tate to bounce back and be the player of the year. I like it. Well, and then, offensively. Then last question. I, who is the highest drafted player out of the Pac-12? Oh, so if this was last year, right, I would easily tell you um, it would be Justin, you know, Justin Herbert, because I think, I think he would have battled with Kyler Murray minimum, you know, to be to be the best player. But the problem is Herbert's now going to compete against some, you know, quite some good talent um, at the quarterback position. Um, I still think because he's a quarterback. Well, I don't know. I got to tell you, uh, Chenault, the wide receiver out of Colorado. Ooh, I'm so close between the two of them because he's got a chance to be the number one wide receiver. Um, you know what? You got to go Herbert because, as good as Chanel might be, he's a wide receiver, not a quarterback. Quarterbacks always get drafted higher. So I'm going to go with Herbert being a top five pick um, in a pretty deep quarterback class. Wow. I like it. I love it. This is why, this, this is why you're the I, draft king. You're our DK. I know, but don't Tokyo sleep. Style. Don't. Don't sleep on um, on Chanel. He can play, man. He's gonna oh, yeah. be he's gonna be competing with Jerry Judy for number one receivers. 
um, you know, six two playmaker can really do it all. So we'll see what happens. Love it. I love it. And Matt, before we move over to our friends of the Pac twelve, tell the listeners about our friends at Schneckbook. Right now, we've got a great deal. By the way, we have talked about a little football. Well, college NFL preseason is on right now, and Schneckbook is hosting uh, really a plethora, a cornucopia of different bets. My personal favorite is is how many pl- how many uh, snaps the fourth quarterback on every team will get. You can dive right in there and jump on that. Um, in fact, because of the speculative nature of these bets uh, on the fourth string quarterbacks and how much playing time they will receive. Uh, you know, Schneckbook founder Logan is willing to only take a small cut. Um, you know, he's only going to retain 50% of the winnings. So yeah. um, dive in. Uh, it's low. great. It's great to see some, some real, NF, real NFL preseason gambling going on. Um, smart, really. Smart, smart money play there. The best prop bets in the yes. game. And 50% career low uh, finder's fee, as he likes to call it, from our friend Logan over at Schneckbook. And Matt, what's the promo code our friends can use? Oh, in this case, it's um, it's Diddy Terra's ACL. Hashtag Diddy Terra's ACL. Hash- oh, tweet the hashtag at him and you get the discount. You, you'll you find yeah. it Venmoed to you. Just don't send me your Venmo. He'll find you. Don't find <laughs> him. All right. Pac-12 done. Big 12. Is it Oklahoma's to lose? Oh, I think it's a two-headed monster race this year. Oklahoma fans aren't going to like me saying this. First of all, it's a big transition year for the Big 12. A lot of teams kind of not where you would think. Um, you know, after after being a somewhat of a deeper conference year after year, a ton of these teams have a lot of question marks. But I think it's Oklahoma and Texas as the clear one and two um, in the conference in this case. I love it. Finally... Texas is back, folks, as that great quote from like five years ago. Finally can uh, can live up to itself. Texas is going to be young, though. That's probably the only concern if you're a Texas fan. I, I certainly agree with that. The, the key for me is they bring back an experienced quarterback in Sam Ellinger who's won some big games for them. I, I think it starts there. Um, I think that's really, really important. Um, it, 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 but it's so weird because it's such a clear divide to me between those top two and everybody else. We'll yeah, talk about it, but it's it, it's it's pretty fascinating in my mind just how far um, the rest of the conference really has fallen. And when I say, and we're going to work in individual teams, but when I say like the rest of the conference, I'm referring to Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia, these were teams that were, some of them competing for a title, if not more, every year, and they don't even seem to be on the same page right now. West Virginia was so a team it's gonna the be... last two years we thought was a dark horse Big 12 champion. Like as late as, right. Will, as, late Will, as Halloween. Mm-hmm. Right, with Will Greer, a quarterback, and we're going to get to them, but they've been they've been just yeah. smoked. It's um, like Disney in this case. A little stock, little stock tip. Yeah, yeah, so... Little Natty Gecko <laughs> over there. All right, where do you want to start? You want to start Oklahoma or Texas first? Um, I, I well, I think I think we're going to start with Oklahoma. Okay. So uh, I certainly think that's that's a fine place to start. Um, it, I, 
by the way, we're, we're back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, back-to-back number one overall picks, and in walks an already decorated quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who would, it would appear you know, has the inside track to, to the starting job there, which is fascinating. So I got to say this. I love that ESPN, instead of just playing some random fight songs or some pop song that they're taking that, as a, uh, an old colleague of mine says, the newest pop song he's going to grow to hate by October. I love <laughs> that they're just putting up hype videos of different players just like going ape shit. And for Oklahoma, it's Hurts pumping out some iron in the Oklahoma locker or uh, gym. Almost the locker. He's just <laughs> pumping out a bench set, and the whole team's just going absolutely nuts when he puts up. I forget how many plates he has, <laughs> but they're just ready to roll for this kid. And it's so great to see because obviously a strange situation that happened in Alabama with Tua coming onto the scene, Hurts, transfers. And you're right, he's decorated, he's already here. A team that kind of, that pr- proves itself time and time again when you think there's doubts. And I think Oklahoma once again walks in with a few doubts. I mean, you, you, you're replacing your defensive coordinator. You have to bring in Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, he, at least what they're releasing, looks like team-wise, chemistry-wise, it's all working out. They have a great receiving core, maybe one of the best in the nation. But they have an interesting schedule ahead of themselves. They play Houston week one. You mentioned them when we were talking about the Pac-12. Having Dana Holgrimson, a guy who has seen, he has seen Oklahoma the last few years being a Pac-12 coach. And Houston, solid, solid roster. That's a Sunday night special for you, September 1st. Then they face South Dakota. Don't really need to talk about that. At UCLA, a Chip Kelly squad that is looking to prove itself and might be able to. West Coast trip for Big 12 team. We've seen how those have gone the last couple years. And then into the Big 12 schedule it goes. You mentioned it. It's head and shoulders above of Texas and Oklahoma. Texas, they play on a bye week for the Red River rivalry in the middle of October. But really, I think the problem that the two teams have is that it's only those two. If they have any sort of slip right. up, then all of a sudden either the Big 12 race becomes dramatic. I'm not going to say close. I'm just going to say dramatic. Or the conference's playoff chances slip beneath its slip out of its fingertips, which I think that's probably the biggest concern here is if Oklahoma, say, loses to Houston and then loses to Texas in the Red River rivalry and then beats them, you might, you might be having a serious conversation come CFP reveal about whether or not you know where where does this all fit in because then who how did this really all work out for him in terms of qualifying for this when somebody might be undefeated out of the Pac-12 multiple SEC teams a good Big Ten winner a good ACC winner all that different stuff you, you really come into a dramatic spot of a lot of pressure for not a lot of not not a lot of, of these two teams I it's going to be really interesting, that Red River rivalry, and I want to be more positive yeah. on Oklahoma because I think they're a really fun team, and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I think the one big thing with Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, who I, who I think is a, is, a, is a very good quarterback, might be great, and, and showed that at, at Alabama, but he doesn't appear to be the same passer that Baker and Kyler Murray were. 
And it's not that he can't have success as a running quarterback there, but the expectations are so high at Oklahoma after those two guys just came through mm-hmm. and rewrote record books that I, he's going to have to perform early and often or else there's going to be some murmurs because that's not a place – Oklahoma is a place that thinks it's, it should be in the, in the playoff every single year. Yes. Um, so that that to me is at least a little interesting. Um, and, and, and the Oklahoma defense has to be better because, quite frankly, they got so beat down by Alabama – and to a, it, it didn't even matter. Um, so, you know, needs to pick it up for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And I think defensively, that is defensively yeah. a thousand percent. And a new defensive coordinator, hopefully, can can help this out. Former Ohio State guy, you th- would think would bring in some some Big Ten toughness onto that front. But it's the Pac-12. It's an offense first conference. So we'll have to see what happens here because it's it's not like we're seeing yeah you know the the Iowa State type defense a team that that stifles you and like you've I think you predicted both of their huge upsets last year so hmm? hopefully we get that in in, uh, in about ten er, in a few minutes not ten minutes because we'll be here all night but um, but hope but I don't think we're gonna get that level but if they can tighten it up a little bit we could see some electrifying things from this team. Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Lincoln Ryan is once again, Lincoln Ryan is one of the best coaches in the Pac-12 in the game. So that Pac-12, Big 12 in the game. So he will, he'll probably get things going um, pretty good. But I do want to jump to, to the Longhorns because yes. they've had back-to-back top three recruiting classes. Um, things have gotten so much better there under Tom Herman. It appears like the talent is there after years of not maybe having all the talent they should have had. They only return eight starters, though, and only three on the defensive side. So no big pass rushing talent is back. They've had some decently good pass rushers come through that program. Um, they've got plenty of talent. They just need to put things together, and that's kind of the big concern for me. Um, and, again, they play LSU, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma before October. Before the before November, I should say. Yes. So you're going to find out a lot about Texas. Um, pretty much snap your finger right away. Um, but they've got the quarterback. They've got the bravado back to an extent. They just got to put that talent to use on the field. It's there. They just got. They got just got to put it to use. Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring that up because they're the bravado is certainly there. Tom Hermanson wonders with this team, and I think circle. In thick ink, that week two matchup you mentioned, LSU, I think a a solid quarterback and a solid offense against maybe the best defense in the in the land of LSU's. I'm a little biased, big LSU yeah. fan. But I'm, I don't think it's... Well, little, I gotta tell you, you're, you're not wrong with LSU's defense led by Grant uh, Delpred. We'll get to them later yeah, on. Yeah, we'll get to them later LSU on. Talk. Yeah. But, there, but I think... We're going to see – you're absolutely right. We're going to see a ton. But I think this is a team, again, if they're able – if they survive that, say they pull off the upset, all of a sudden Pac-12 becomes must-watch television. It already is if you're a fan of just offense, points galore, betting overs, degenerate gambling, all this different stuff. Prop bets galore. Go to Schneckbook. Logan will set you up. I think the fact that they – 
have to go to West Virginia the week before the Red River rivalry is disadvantageous for this squad because then they have to face a, a arch rival, a team that, granted, you go into your bye week, then you face Kansas, TCU, Kansas State, always tough, but it's a home game. At Iowa State, could be the Maddie D at Iowa State upset of the year. At Baylor, looking Maybe. for looking for it. And then Texas Tech, which shoot out all 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 across the way. I know Cliff Kingsbury isn't there, but shoot out. I would say watch out. I think defensively yeah, no, they I, have, I'm, I'm with you. I think their their offense might not it doesn't have as high of a ceiling as Oklahoma's, but defensively their floor is so much higher than Oklahoma's is that if they figure it out early and they know how say like LS, the LSU game, they they show off a great defensive effort and still come up with a loss. I think that puts Oklahoma on the highest alert of any rivalry. I don't care if it's Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, for what it's worth, USC, UCLA, but that's historic. That's probably one of the most concerning things if you're an Oklahoma fan. If Texas puts up a great defensive effort against any of these teams, if between Louisiana Tech, Rice, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia, they let up less than five touchdowns, watch out. Because that's, again, their floor is so high, I think, comparatively to Oklahoma's. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, so those are my top two. Yes. The the, the next teams are, are where things start to get interesting. Um, I, I actually have Iowa State at three. Yeah, I, I do too. I think they're an exciting team to watch out for. Again, an awesome defense, a team that stifles mm-hmm. opponents, especially in Ames. On the mm-hmm. road, different story, but still a solid defensive team. Yeah. The guy I really like for them defensively is Jaquan Bailey, um, yes. defensive end. He's a senior. He can get after the quarterback, which is obviously critically important, um, you know, in this day and age. Um, you know, only 6'2", 245, but this guy can this guy can get it done. His statistics have been – have been quite good. He's got an opportunity to be the defensive player in the year in the conference at that position. Um, and we already talked about it. This is a team that likes to have an upset or two, um, you know, here or there. And uh, I will tell you right now, look for uh, Brock Purdy as their quarterback. So they, they do lose David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lose Hakeem Butler, their excellent wide receiver, both starting cornerbacks. But there's a really good program that's been built there um, by Matt Campbell. I'm, I'm interested to say the least, to uh, to see what they can do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we mentioned they host Texas late in the season, upset alert. They host Oklahoma State. They have to go to Oklahoma, which is a little bit of a bummer. Would love to see both of them have to uh, shake, shake at the knee going to Ames, Iowa. But <laughs> the one thing that always bums me out with these state rivalries is that they have to play Iowa so early. I would have loved to see that. I know it's a yeah. big... ACC SEC thing to wait for the end of the season, but I'd like to see that across across the Big Twelve yeah, and yeah. the Big Twelve. Or I, Big I tell you though, circle it, circle it. November sixteenth, they'll go to Oklahoma the week before, probably lose. They'll come in at low, and, and I'm I can I I think they're going to upset Texas that week. I mean, they, they like we've talked about it every year. They always seem to have a great upset. Yes, and man, that looks ripe. A home, a home. Needing a win, wanting to get back on track. I, uh, I tell you, I like uh, 
I like that. I like that one a lot. So we'll see what happens. That should be parlay right now. Lehigh beating Lafayette and Iowa State beating Texas right now. Parlay it. <laughs> Get the best odds. Same day. Parlay it. I like Hopefully oh, no God. rain in, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania <laughs> this year for the was it 155th meeting, I believe, 156th maybe. Uh, but another time for another day. Uh, but, yeah, I think Iowa State solidly number three. I think it's similarly to last year where, we're, where there, was a, there was a separation between one and two, three, four, and five, and then the rest of the conference. I think there's a separation between two, three, and three and the rest. Yeah, well – you say that, and then I look at I look at two other teams in particular, and I okay. say, wait a second, Oklahoma State and TCU. Okay. One, we tend to sleep on Mike Gundy's boys there. That's uh, true. That's true. That yes, they've lost some talent, but I, I don't think they're bad. And and TCU and Gary Patterson, you just you feel like he's got to get it together at some point. He's so just too like, talented of a coach. I feel like we say that every year, and, and, and TCU. I, I know. Since the since the the snubbing in 2014, I feel like has not has not performed up to it. There's just they've kind of stood in their boots. Whereas Oklahoma State has had a couple great seasons under the underneath their in their holster, if you will, since they are the Cowboys. Um, but I, I don't know. I I like Oklahoma State a lot, and I shouldn't I shouldn't have said the rest of the conference because you're right. Those those two teams are better than than the rest of what we have, especially with what West Virginia's lost and then the rest of the conference, uh, Texas Tech included with losing Cliff Kingsbury, which is the biggest part of it. But I don't know. I feel like Oklahoma State, I feel like, just has a tougher road. I don't know if that if that's the yeah. right idea. And then at TCU, I'd, I'd love to give more dynamic analysis than we think this every year, but we think they're always going to, they're poised for a breakout every year and it falls flat on their face. Oklahoma state has to go to Texas. They host Oklahoma in the last week of the season, which good on you there. You get a, you get something nice, but you have to go to Iowa state. You have to go to to West Virginia, a team that's that, you know, might surprise, but I, I think that they're, I think West Virginia being ranked, and we're not there yet, but I think them being ranked to start the to start the season is just out of respect for what they did last year. Uh, but I think Oklahoma, True. I think yeah. Oklahoma State can make some noise. But it's still, it's a, it's a, it's an away game at West Virginia late in the season. Maybe playing for a bowl game. Either of those two teams, anything can happen. But I don't know. I, I feel like they're they're, I think they're solidly fourth. TCU's probably fifth for me, but. I don't know. I feel like there is still a little bit of a of a step up between Iowa State and those two teams. I just think defensively what Iowa State yeah. brings, and you mentioned their offense, gives them an advantage over those two teams because there are a lot of unknowns with the other two. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just, I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to count either of them out. Sure. And, and then I do Absolutely. think there's quite a drop off after that. We also start to see some new, you know, the bottom four teams here are brand new coaches. Baylor is kind of stuck in that purgatory because of the issues they've had. Um, they have some decent players. Look up for James Lynch, defensive tackle. He, he can play. Um, Charlie Brewer is quite a quarterback for them. They could surprise some people this year, but I think they're just kind of stuck in that middle section of teams. Wouldn't be surprised if they end up ranked at some point. Okay. Um, also, wouldn't be surprised, but I, I, you know, and, and maybe maybe they finish ahead of either TC or Oklahoma State, but but I think they're pretty kind of 
they're also like I said, they're just kind of in a purgatory portion of at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably good good way to to put it because they're. I mean, obviously they had all the crazy stories coming out, and you know, it's nice to see them starting to make some sort of turn. They were seven and six last year, made a bowl game. Um, but yeah, purgatory is probably the best way to put it because defensively, I feel like they're just missing a lot. And right. they'll right. probably start to turn recruits, hopefully, and and maybe snag some some people away, especially with with being in a weird spot. The Big Twelve in general. You mentioned the quartet of new coaches. I feel like there is a lot up in the air in terms of bragging rights and recruiting territory, recruiting turf. And I feel like Baylor might be able to, might be in a position to start pulling some pieces in, but we'll have to see how they how they go from there. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, as always, it'll be, it'll be interesting with Baylor. Um, the, the bottom four teams in the Big Twelve, all brand new coaches: Texas Tech, Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas. Um, anybody there that sticks sticks out to you? Um, I feel like West Virginia might have a solid defense enough to to stick themselves out from those four, but I feel like the rest are. Yeah. I mean, I still, I think they, they, there's going to be a lot of wild cards around them. New coach, a lot of new pieces on offense. Defensively, they might be solid. Kansas State, a lot of question marks. How are they going to be offensively? Kansas, I feel like it's the same thing every day. Texas Tech, um, how are you replacing Cliff Kingsbury? Is it going to be the same air raid offense? But so, so so they do have a somewhat of a Alan Bowman out there is, was pretty good until he got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. He's a decent quarterback. Okay. The the projection is like a five and seven season, and I, I don't know. I think they could surprise a couple people, I like um, and especially as they kind of as as new coach Matt Wells kind of brings them along. Um, I, I do really like the hire of Chris Cleman uh, uh, out in Kansas State. He's got big shoes to fill from Bill Snyder, mm-hmm. but he he's a good coach. He's gonna. He's going to kind of get the same types of players that Snyder. Remember, because Snyder has a couple, like a five-year window, but he's some pretty good teams. He's going to be able to get the same kind of players that Snyder got, kind of underrated because they're not as good of athletes, and I'll make them into some pretty good players. I don't like him this year, though. Okay. Um, and I, I think, got to tell you, I struggle to see the light for um, – for West Virginia, though, uh, they lose their top four receivers. They lose their quarterback. I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I'm going to be interesting to yeah. see um, what they can do. I'm not, I'm not convinced. A lot of projections have them the de facto non-Kansas last place, ninth place in the in the conference, and I feel like that might be some sort of chip for them to figure it out. But it's a it's probably the biggest question marks and the highest quantity of them. If we were going to award this like stars that you would on some sort of movie or something, I feel like I'd give it five big question marks of what we have of West Virginia. Offensively, I don't know what we have. Defensively, you might, like I mentioned before, you might have something there and you might be able to pull off something. But yeah, you yeah. But you mentioned it with Texas Tech. They. They have some really good opportunities to to pull off some good wins, beat up some of the opponents, and I think maybe help help the cause of the greater good for the Big Twelve of 
quality wins for the te- for the Texas Oklahomas, the OK States, the Iowa States, um, and really, even thus, if we're going to put on our tinfoil hats of really bolstering of the who you of the teams you beat, who they beat, Texas Tech might be a team that's like a oh well we beat team XYZ and they beat Texas Tech and that's a I feel like that's what that's probably what we're going to hear out of Texas Tech come December whatever the CFP date is. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. Um, I, I I do find some hope with Kansas. I just because I think either Les Miles, who's a national championship coach, right? Either no, no one wanted him. No one wants to coach them. Either it's the perfect marriage, or it'll be exactly what you sound. It sounds like. Part of me hopes he turns it around. I would be really fun to see. Um. Hey, if you're Kansas, why not? Right? Why not make us? They made splashy hires before. Why not make one again? See if this is the one that works. Sure. Um, but they they don't really have a lot going on. They do have a, a decent running back, Poca Williams, but he had an off field incident. Um, so we'll see what his status is. But hey, watch out. Poca Williams can make you make you you know pretty fun to see. They could easily go oh and nine in the Big Twelve though, and you know two and ten overall. So I'm not yeah. I'm not saying they're gonna. They're gonna blow it away out there, just as a heads up. But that's always when they uh, when they get that big upset. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, right. Maybe maybe they got something up their sleeves this year. We don't know. Who knows? But like I said, for them, I I'd, I'd like to hope they have a little bit of a decent run, or at least put some talent on the field and make people feel a little better. I like that. So wrapping things up in the Big Twelve, Oklahoma, Texas. No question that that's going to be your Big Twelve championship game. Yes. Yeah, I agree. No question to me. Who's your winner? Oklahoma. All right. I'm going to go Oklahoma as well, but I'd love to see Texas pull it out. I'd love to see Texas pull out the sweep. I would. Yeah, I would because I want to see something different. I do too. You know, um, nothing negative. Uh, nothing neg- but, uh, but once again, I, I struggle because we talked about it. Lincoln yeah. Riley looks like the real deal. It's just, it's, fine. it's only his, th- I think it's only his third year yeah. in Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, we didn't mention <laughs> it. I feel like this is the better <laughs> spot like, to what? mention it. Because Oklahoma's got multiple bids to the college football playoff. There have been 20 total bids. This is the sixth year of the college football playoff. Do you know how many schools have occupied those 20 different bids? Um, seven? Eight? Ten. Ten? And nine, Alabama has five of them. Nine of 15 right. of the other bids. Nine schools for 15 other bids. That's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. And it's 8 of 11 I mean, it's if, you, just, it's if just, you take Clemson out of the equation, too. But it's still nuts. Oklahoma I, has multiple bids. There need, it, I'd love to see some sort of mix-up. So if Texas were able to pull it out, but I, I just think Oklahoma – I think Oklahoma is going to be more of an electrifying team, and I think they're going to – I think they'll figure it out. It might be a very similar situation to last year where they slip up in the Red River rivalry game, get the revenge – that's the story that projects them into the college football playoff. Okay. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So a couple others. Do you think Jalen Hurts is the Heisman winner? Heisman winner? No. Heisman finalist? Sorry. Sorry, no Trevor finalist for him either? I don't think he's the finalist either. I don't think All he right. has a bad season, but I don't think he's the finalist. Okay. Is your offensive player of the year for the Big Twelve? I knew you were going to ask me that question. 
Why don't you go with the Heisman first and trip you up? Yeah, I know. I, I think I think if I'm going to have them winning against Texas, he's going to have to outplay Sam Ellinger. Yep. So I think yes, I think he is. Okay. And then I'm going to twist the higher drafted player question I asked you before. Higher drafted wide receiver, Texas's Colin Johnson or Oklahoma's where is he? Uh, C.D. D. Lamb? Yeah, C.D. Lamb. Thank you. I could not find his last name. I don't know if C.D. Lamb is better than Johnson, but yeah. I think coming out of Oklahoma will give him a slightly stronger pedigree. So I actually – I like him going ahead of Johnson. I, I, I like C.D. Lamb a lot. I mean, he's got the opportunity to kind of just, just jump right in and be quite a player there. Yes. By the way, though, don't sleep on um, – uh, Tylen Wallace out in Oklahoma State. He yes. put up some huge numbers. Absolutely. And kind of try there's there's some pretty good wide receivers. I think what we're saying is there's some pretty good wide receivers. Yeah. Um, it's Big Twelve. And honestly though, there's not a there's not a lot else. Yep. In the Big Twelve. Not this a lot year. else in the Big Twelve. Um Brandon Brandon Jones is a safety out of Texas that I think uh, has an opportunity to be maybe like a day two pick. As of right now. Like a lot going on. Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's there's some players out there that are gonna that are gonna come to the forefront, if you will, and show us what they can do. Yes. So um, I, I tell you what, though, Colin six six. If he has any bit of a good year, I, I think a team's gonna struggle not to draft a six six wide receiver who can play. Yeah, so, uh, I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> that's gonna be a tough one to pass up on for sure. Anything else from the? Oh, I like a six six wide receiver. I love that. Anything I will tell you this. 12? I think we have just – I think we've just reviewed the two – we talked about at the beginning of the show, I want to reiterate. I think we've reviewed the two weakest conferences in college I agree. football. I totally agree. And that's that's saying um, something considering the ACC I, was not yeah. one of these. Yeah. Which we will cover next week. So yeah. let us know what questions you have surrounding the Atlantic Coast Conference and the wonderful teams that, that make up that, along with Notre Dame – and any of the other, the group of five schools, because there, there are a lot of prospects out of there too. Houston, we talked a little bit about tonight. But let us know what questions you have. ThunderBLG on Twitter. Tweet at us, DM us. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. And let us know what you think in the comments. But Matt, thank you so much. I'm excited to have the Fun V Tailgate back. And it would be nothing without the co-pilot, the Draft King, Mr. Matty D. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Oh, yeah. So for my man, Matty D, everybody have yourselves a good week and a great weekend. And go Birds.